0: Hello. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is gonna be an interesting episode. I am full of energy. I hope you can hear it in my voice. I'm standing recording this episode. This is standing is like a new thing I'm kind of experimenting with to really feel stuff in my body. I've just been like sitting way too much. And I'm noticing like, it's getting me down, you know, and I don't feel as powerful. But anyway, that's a digression already to start this episode. So what we're going to actually talk about today is transitions, specifically, my own transition. So really settle in here and and please, you know, hang in there with me, it's gonna be, you know, a big conversation about like, what's going on with me, my business and everything. But the whole point of of this is to one show you kind of my thought process and, and how I'm going through all these changes and all these shifts. Also, so you know, what to expect from me going forward, pretty much ever since I started my business in 2018, I've basically been shifting like every six months, it seems like but you know, we'll get into that. And then I also want you to kind of hear what my process is. So that maybe you can find some resonance within this story. Maybe there's something in here that you can use for yourself and your own and your own process of figuring out, you know, what is it are you here to do? Yeah, so I'm just gonna like rip the bandaid off. I am transitioning into working with people on money instead of business alignment. And, you know, this feels this feels major for me because all of the transitions that I've made before were pretty gradual. You know, I started off just doing astrology readings, then I found human design. And so I started incorporating that into it. And then I was finally like, you know what, I like talking about business. So let's, let's actually use those tools and apply them to business. So it was all kind of like natural progression. But this feels like a hard pivot. Now, with that said, you know, money is obviously a part of the conversation when we're talking about business. But I have been very careful to not broach the topic. And it's I have no, no choice in the matter anymore. This is a very loud thing that's coming through me where it is so important for me to talk about money. It's, I've had these whispers for a long time, but now they're coming in really hot and really heavy. And I went ahead and got a notebook to just start writing down everything that I could possibly ever think of with money and like, writing down my whole experiences, just kind of recording everything. And, and, you know, this might not sound like, revolutionary because it really isn't but at the same time you might be a little bit shocked to know like I wasn't doing that before with anything else. Of course, I've studied a lot about astrology. I've studied a lot about human design. I've studied a lot about business. You know, I've, I've done my own processing in terms of how do I apply this concept to this business concept and this thing to this thing and, and, you know, diving into my own chart and everything like, so the work that I do today with business alignment is very aligned with my experience, my chart, and the and the things that I know are are in my wheelhouse that are my gifts, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, what I do now is all well and good. However, it has not felt right. And this is the exact same, like, this is the exact thing that I help people with, right, is you're doing your business, you're you're going at it, you're working at it. And um, things are working, things are also kind of not working, and just something feels off, and you don't really know why. And that's exactly what I've been experiencing since probably 2019. And I thought various things were were the cause. And that was like, you know, maybe the way that I'm offering it isn't quite right. Maybe I just need to learn more things. Maybe I just need to force myself to do these things, you know, all of those questions. So, you know, I'm going to try to transition this conversation into something a little bit more linear, I got to say, like, I usually like to write down almost word for word what I'm going to say in my podcast, because that just works better for my brain being a left brained well, left on the human design chart, that's what I'm walking through right now. Um, On the human design chart, conscious side arrows, my top arrow is is left, which is closely correlated to left brain. And when I have, when I'm doing things kind of open, kind of, you know, not a whole lot of Hard things. Wow, I'm having an issue. This is these are the issues that a left brain person has, and when they don't have things pre-planned, so it, it's kind of hard for me to like know the right next steps unless I've pre-planned it. Basically, that that's fine. So I'm not doing that today because I'm so freaking excited. Um, just trying to write stuff down to prepare for this episode felt awful. It was like, No, I I have no time. There's no time I have to get this out. So I have a little list of bullet points that I want to touch on. But it's not my usual, like, write out the whole transcript kind of thing. So bear with me for this, like kind of over all over the place conversation, but I'm going to try to keep it as linear as possible. So what I'm gonna do is start with what's happening right now. And then we'll kind of go backwards, we'll go forwards, we'll go side to side. But let's start with what's going on right now. So I decided to commit to a program called Kartra. Um, A lot of people are pretty familiar. Well, in my circle anyway, a lot of people are familiar with Kajabi, which is a great tool but Kartra is another tool that is similar. I felt Kartra would be the solution for me because it seemed to have more design functionality and it had a calendar scheduler built in, which most of my work is one-on-one, people need to schedule their stuff. So that seemed like the best thing for me because what I wanted to do was get everything into one, place. Because I've got my little course on Podia. I've got my acuity set up. I've got a show it uh, website. I've got Flowdesk for email marketing. What else do I have? Those are the kind of the main things that Kajabi are not Kajabi, that Kartra. That's, you know what, I've felt I felt this before. I was like, why are these two systems? or these two programs similarly named? But anyway, Kartra replaces most of the things that I have. And on one level, it can help me save a little bit of money. But on another level, it's probably going to cost me a little bit more than what I'm doing now, just because I am going going to keep show it instead of putting my entire website Onto Kartra, but the whole thing was everything's gonna be in one place. It's going to be way easier for me to see very clearly into the health of my business, and it just made more sense to me. So I've been working on setting that up. And all the while, I'm having messages from the divine saying, you need to start working with money. This is like a a main, a big thing in your life, you need to talk about it, it needs to start coming out. So I was like, okay, well, when I release my, you know, Kartra situation, I'll release some money stuff. Okay, cool. Well, I got a course to help me set up Kartra because really, it's a beast. And I wanted some help, of course. So I bought this course that teaches you how to set it up. And right from the beginning, it has you move over any old courses into Kartra. And so I have the Business Alignment Basics course that is currently on Podia, which by the way, nothing's wrong with Podia. Podia is great. I really like that platform but I there's things about it, like it it is trying to become an all in one, but there's things about it that I just don't like personally, it's more on design, like some of the design stuff, I don't feel like it's, you know, very equipped, the email marketing is pretty bare bones. So there's just some some limitations with it. But for me personally, but you know what, if you are starting with your first course ever, Podia is actually really great. I like it. It's simple. It's clean. Go for it. But anyway, so I came up to this decision to move this course or not, because the way that this person teaches how to use Kartra is that you should purchase a domain for every one off product that you have. So then that would mean, you know, I would purchase the domain uh, businessalignmentbasics.com. And so I was kind of like, do you know, okay, am I going to make this purchase or not? It's like $12. It's no big deal. But it is uh, kind of a defining moment in the next steps of my business, right? I mean, in some cases, even buying your your domain is the birth of your business in some in some ways, if, well, you know, that's a whole thing and get my business alignment basics course, and you'll learn about it. But anyway, so I was coming up to that question, should I move this over, knowing that I am being called to move into money conversations. And so what I did was first, I had a little journaling session. And I came up with this idea that perhaps my business could be three different tracks. You could come to me to work on purpose, where you know, you would get a reading a soul mission session, because people come to me for that still, or you would go the business track, where we would look at what does alignment look like in your business? And how do we get your business to that point? Or you would work with me on money. And the money conversation, the business conversation, you know, do have some overlaps, they do have overlaps, of course, but I was still kind of seeing them as separate. And, you know, I, I went to bed that night feeling like, yeah, three different tracks. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. So anyway, I woke up the next day, and I was like, I don't think that's quite right. So I went to my tarot deck, And this is not something that I talk about publicly, because for one, I don't talk publicly very often, as you know, if you because Lord knows, I'm not putting these podcast episodes on a regular basis. So the fact that anybody's listening to this right now is kind of shocking, because the consistency there is just not but anyway, so I use tarot a lot, actually, I don't use it with clients, but I have a feeling that's going to begin to change in the sense of teaching people how to use tarot for themselves. Because I it is it's a it is one of the most powerful tools that I use really for myself. And I, I don't think that I use it in a way that a lot of people do. I absolutely know that I'm not unique in the way that I use tarot. Absolutely not. But I think that more people could benefit from the way that I use it. So anyway, I went to the tarot deck that I have, I actually have two, well, technically, I have three, but one I don't use because it's a Game of Thrones tarot deck. And I don't know, I just, I see it more as a prop than an actual tarot deck to use. But that might change one day. Anyway, I'm using a tarot deck a lot lately that was given to me by a friend of mine. And it's anyway, this is a digression. So I'm just going to move on to what I did. So I pulled cards for the three options that I felt that I had with my business alignment course, and just business alignment in general, as you know, as a service of whichever way that I work with people on it, just looking at that, at its role in my business moving forward. So the options that I felt were available to me were stopping business alignment, cold turkey, like not even working with people on it at all moving forward, option two, would be to gradually phase it out. And then option three, would be to allow it to be a main pillar of my business. And that spread showed me that it needs to just go away. Like cold turkey for anyone listening to this who is maybe well versed in tarot the card that I pulled for that was actually the chariot. So very, very clear messaging that money is the way for me to go. And business alignment needs to go away. Which, holy cow. i um, freaking out because like, that's my business. Like, I'm basically like saying no, I like I love doing the intensive. There's parts of the aligned business intensive that I don't love. But most of it, I, I love it, right? I really enjoy working with people in such a short period of time. But there's, you know, just like the people that come to me, there's just something off about the work that I do. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited because I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm also freaking out because I don't know what to, what's going to happen. Like, I don't know what to sell with this money stuff, like at all. I've got all kinds of ideas for content. I cannot wait to start talking about this regularly. And I'll get into kind of my background in a moment to let you know, like, where is this information coming from? And what kind of information is it? But, you know, I can't wait to start sharing content about this. And that alone is mind blowing, because if you are in my aura in my sphere at all, you know, I don't share things very regularly. That's kind of been a a pain point of mine of not being able or feeling like feeling like I'm unable to talk about things regularly to share value on Instagram all the time or to share a newsletter regularly, to record a podcast regularly. You know, <laughs> you know that I'm not consistent on this. And I finally feel like, oh my gosh, I know what to talk about. So that's huge. Okay, so Jupiter is in Pisces right now, which I wasn't. I was looking forward to it for sure. Because Jupiter rules Pisces. This is a great time, generally speaking for most people. So I was like, cool. Yeah. But I wasn't super looking forward to it. Because that meant that Jupiter was leaving Aquarius, which is my second house of money. So I was like, you know, Jupiter in the second house, theoretically should be bringing me some money. So I don't know if I really love the idea of Jupiter moving into the third house, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's only been like what a day. I'm recording this on May 14th, So I'm going to release it today as well. But so yeah, it's only been in there for about a day. And I feel so good. (laughs) So Jupiter in the third. So for anybody who is a Capricorn rising is going to have this Jupiter in the third house right now with Jupiter in in Pisces. You might experience some some growth or, you know, not necessarily growth always. Jupiter definitely has command over growth, but it it's 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 about more. Whether it's more growth is entirely dependent on your life in the moment, but whatever is there is more. So the third house is communication, it's, it's, it's the mind, it is neighbors and siblings, which is fun. So essentially, what I'm feeling this energy doing to me at this moment is, I need to talk, I need to share, I need to talk about my vision, which is Jupiter, I need to share all of that. Essentially, what I'm saying is, is Hopefully, and I do say hopefully, I capitalize on this Jupiter and Pisces time and actually freaking talk to you (laughs) and share things. And hopefully, yes, I'm going to use that again. I'm a hope motivation person, by the way, in human design. So, you know, when I say hopefully, I really do mean it. And that's a really good thing for me. So hopefully, I learn a lot from this Jupiter and Pisces time about sharing things, and being able and then what I hope to have happen is that I use that experience moving forward so that it's not like Jupiter has to be in my third house in order for me to talk. I'm hoping that through this process, I learn the muscle memory of sharing regularly. I am able to kind of push through whatever fears I have around being seen and heard. And then I use that moving forward, regardless of where Jupiter is. So that's my hope. And so hopefully you guys are on board for that. So anyway, Jupiter in Pisces is a phenomenal time for all of us really. So, so that's part of the reason why I feel so ready to talk and to share and to, you know, invite you into my mind, essentially. Okay, So that's kind of like what's happening now. This that's, well, I guess I could talk a little bit more about now in terms of transits, depending on when you found me or whatever, or whatever you're intaking of mine, you might have seen a little while back that I'm going through a Pluto sun opposition. If you're a Cancer sun, you were going through a Pluto sun opposition at some point from 2008 to now and even into uh, when does Pluto move into Aquarius, like 2025 or something like that, I would have to double check but it's, you know, it, it's not too far away. So if you're a Cancer sun, like I am, sometime between 08 and, and a ba- basically now you have experienced a Pluto sun opposition. And so I'm going through it right now. And the Pluto sun opposition is it's 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 an interesting time. um, Because it demands you to really find like who you are and to be that to do that. And it can bring about a lot of transitions and a lot of you know, dare I say it transformation. I mean, Pluto, that's what it wants. That's what it does is it it tears things down and builds a new if we want to bring tarot back into this, it's the tower. So that's what I'm experiencing right now. Like on my identity, like who I am, who I be is being, you know, challenged and worked and torn apart and rebuilt and all of this stuff. So, you know, I've shared that before, because I know that I'm going through some phases of identification of like, who am I? And this is another iteration of that. Like this is another step of that. So I'm still not sure on what I want to call myself moving forward. If it's not going to be business alignment guide, the name money guide popped into my head a few weeks ago, which that might be it, I might just move forward with that just to have something and then find maybe a a name that feels more true. But if I'm being completely honest, titles stopped feeling important to me. I don't know when, maybe 2018 or 2019. They stopped feeling important. Because what you call yourself is not necessarily important, really. It's more about what are, like, who do you be? Like, be something. Like, whatever you say you are is null and void. If you're not actually being that, if you're not actually doing things that, that warrant that kind of title, right? So, I might just move forward with money guide just because it's accurate enough. Yeah. So going through all of these identity changes, upgrades, transitions, transformations, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, if you're a Cancer, and you're listening to this, hit me up. Let me know, you know, how has your Pluto sun opposition been? Alternatively, if you're a Capricorn, actually, this is interesting, too. I'm a Cap rising Capricorn rising. So you know, again, getting hit again, in another way of identity upgrades and shifts because Pluto passed over my ascendant. Granted, this happened years ago, I'm early six degrees Capricorn. So Pluto was at six degrees Capricorn quite some time ago, and I was quite young at that time. So not necessarily a period that I would have recognized because you're already, you know, in your, you know, teenage years, we'll say you're already going through a lot of changes and a lot of transformations and shifts and all of that. So it's not like I was fully aware of that. It wasn't like I had some kind of an identity nailed down and then Pluto comes out and is like, maybe we should rewrite that. So all this to say, if you're a Cancer sun rising moon Capricorn sun rising moon hit me up let me know how has Pluto treated you for you know however long that's been so huge transition the other huge transition that I'm going through transit wise is my Saturn return it has officially started I am Saturn and Aquarius person you know this is one of the reasons why astrologers give the um, advice of not really hanging your hat on anything prior to Saturn return. And that is applied to all kinds of things, you know, don't get married before your Saturn return. Don't don't start a business before your Saturn return. Don't even be astrolog, be an astrologer before your Saturn return that has been out there as well. There's there's merit, I think, to that sentiment of you know, not really committing wholeheartedly to anything prior to your Saturn return, because the Saturn return really does do some shit, whether you have a day chart or a night chart, you know, it's going to do some things. So I see the rationale behind that. However, some people you know, the, well, that's kind of what we need. We need to have something uh, that we hold on to prior. And then we need to go through that Saturn return, for us to even learn the lesson that we're needing to learn. So if that means you know, a marriage ends, or you transition your business to something else entirely, or, or whatever. That's how some of us really need to learn. So I think saying, you know, don't commit wholeheartedly to any kind of major life thing prior to the Saturn return is irresponsible to sit well I don't know it's not irresponsible it's more maybe fear-based maybe that's what I'm looking for I just don't see the point in in living like that and like oh well I, I can't do something now because I know something will maybe happen later And that's that's the thing is like, maybe like, yeah, we'll go through our Saturn return. Like, that's not gonna stop. But it's it doesn't. Anyway, I feel like this is more of a non understandable train Whoa, where did my train of thought go? Tangent. That's the word. Okay. So one of the reasons why my Saturn return is important to bring up in this particular conversation is not from the perspective of, you know, you go through shit during the return. That's not it. It is the fact of where it's at. So it is in my second house of money. And that's also where my moon is. And I'm a cap rising, so I'm ruled by Saturn. Uh, Saturn is a very important planet in my chart. And something that I teach within business alignment is that your Saturn is one of the most important things to look at in terms of figuring out, you know, potent content, or even what it is you help people with the, the top three that I really look at. in in, in those things of, you know, what should you really be talking about? Maybe even what is the, sh- the subject matter of your work is going to be Saturn, Pluto and Chiron. Chiron does a lot I feel Chiron, we often talk about it as being the wounded healer, that wounded healer point. So just it's it's very theory is you know what you've struggled with, you heal other people from that or with that, however you want to say it. And there is a saying in business that is very similar and that is your mess is your message. That's Chiron, like Chiron full force. And you know, okay, so if I'm going to take my own lesson, and check out my Chiron, where is Chiron? Oh, my freaking goodness, it's in the eighth house, the eighth house of finances, joint finances, there's, you know, I'm actually going to have a whole episode on the eighth house, second house dynamic, because that's one of the things that I'm like, fuck, yeah, I want to talk about this, like, and I want to be like a full blown expert on eighth house, second house, and that those whole things like, ha, huh, there's so much there. And I mean, you look at my chart. And it is eighth house, second house, like, everything I have is there. Eighth house, second house, like I said, also first house, which is kind of important, because that it, it ties in my set anyway, might be getting a little bit too overboard on the you know, what's the word, specifics, I suppose of my chart, probably not too important for you. But the point that I really want to make with this is that I had been ignoring what I teach to other people. And I admitting that, in a public way like this right now, feels scary, but it's important. It is important to admit when you're wrong. It's important to admit that the work that you do actually kind of works. I knew, I knew when I started doing work on business alignment, like figuring out what is it are you here to do? And what way do you do it? That's basically the two main questions that my work answers. And applying all of those. And I mean, the whole reason why I started doing that kind of work was because I was looking at my own shit. I was like, what the fuck should I be doing? I don't know what to do necessarily. Like I know I like these things, blah, blah, blah. But like, I know I like business. I know I like career stuff. Like, I am such a Capricorn. It's ridiculous. So I know I, I know all these things. And I know that I really like putting things into a very understandable way, like, let's look at these couple of things really narrow some stuff down. So we can figure out how to put this into real life, right? As I was doing that, I, I had, see, this is why it's really important to have a coach for you, or an astrologer for yourself, or, you know, whatever it is that you do have a version of you for yourself. Right? It's really hard to see yourself clearly. Even if the things that you do is about, you know, systems to understand people, or methods to understand people, you will never see yourself clearly, no matter how much self awareness you have, which I feel like I have a lot. I mean, I feel like a lot of us have a hell of a lot of self awareness. But it is extremely difficult to apply all of your expertise to yourself. So this is why it was, and I have been saying this for a while, I was like, I really wish I could find a business alignment guide for myself to work with. Because what I was looking for was somebody to confirm or deny what I saw in the chart. And what I saw in the chart is two main things in my own chart. I saw that I should work with people on money, and I might even need to be working with people on relationships. And I didn't want to see that. I wanted to see business and career. That's what I wanted to see. So I found it. Somehow. Enough, I found it enough. I found it enough to, you know, this is the whole confirmation bias thing that we can use as a as an argument against astrology is confirmation bias exists. And I get that. And I just did it. I'm telling you right now that I just did it. And this is one of the reasons why it's so important to have a third party. Because it, it's way harder for confirmation bias to win. Because if I had somebody, if I asked somebody to look at my chart for me, to tell me, you know, what, what is it I should be doing, they would have told me, actually, actually, here's the funny thing, you might be familiar with the company, Honeycomb, Honeycomb Almanac, I freaking love them. I get an almanac every year, And it is a planner, more or less, that has all of your personal transits, all of the mundane transits, it really makes working with astrology easy. And I honestly feel like it's a requirement if you are an actual astrologer, like if you are teaching people about astrology, or if you are sharing the information on transits, you know, whatever, honeycomb almanac, major game changer. No, they are not a sponsor of this. But anyway, they had a series on Instagram a while quite some time ago where you could submit a screenshot, a screenshot of your chart and then they would post that and invite interpretations for people to submit on that on that question sticker, you know. And I happened to be the winner for the Capricorn rising chart. And I had so many people come in and say that this person needs to be, you know, working with money, working with money in a fun way, because I have the Aquarius Leo axis really lit up in the money area of the chart, which both of those signs arguably are pretty fun. A lot of people said that a lot of people even mentioned relationships too. relationships and the money conversation in those relationships, I have a Libra rising or not a Libra rising, sorry, I have a Libra midheaven, which Libra is very partnership oriented. And then you start going through to find what's the ruler, right? So Venus rules over Libra. My Venus is in Leo in the eighth house. So right there, I I mean, that is, if you come to me for an alignment discovery call, that's the first thing I look at is where's your midheaven? And what planet rules it? Where is that ruling planet? The topic of the house that you're ruling planet of your midheaven falls. in. let me re say that. Here is something for you to do right now. If you are considering what the fuck am I supposed to do career wise, or even business wise, like you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, but you're not sure you know what exactly it is. Or let's say you're already an entrepreneur, and you feel off in your business. The first thing that I'm always going to do for anybody that comes to me, anybody who has this question, and they want to ask me, look at your midheaven. It's going to be at the very top of the chart. It's going to be identified with MC. And it's going to fall in a sign. If you use whole sign, it's either going to fall in the 10th house or the ninth house or the 11th house in really, really, really rare occasions, it can fall in the eighth or the 12th. But that is is highly rare. So if you're midheaven, whatever sign that falls in, in my case, it's Libra. Okay. So then you identify what is the planet that rules over that sign. So for Libra, that is Venus. And then you go in the chart and you find that ruling planet. For me, that's Venus and Leo, in the eighth house. The eighth house is quite literally the thing that I need to be doing business wise, career wise, topics of the eighth house. So whatever topic. So whatever ruling planet you have, the topic of that house that it falls in is more or less what you should be doing topic wise subject matter wise. There is obviously a lot of nuance. And this is why, you know, it's not as simple as that. That's, there's a lot of other things to consider. But that's the first (laughs) that is the first thing. And I was ignoring that for myself. There's a belief, not necessarily a belief, there's some people that say that business falls into the eighth house. And that's true, but it's not the whole story. It's not just. So there's just more. There's more to it than just simply business is there. But I held on to that. I was like, nope, that's enough. That's enough confirmation for me. Business. All right. I'm just going to ignore the fact that I have all of these other really important planets in other places and that there's actually a greater theme in the eighth house than just business. There's a lot there. So to wrap up that little uh, that little portion of this is basically is I'm finally listening to my own teachings and actually trusting in, in what I know, trusting in, you know, not looking at my chart with, you know, rose colored glasses, I suppose, or, or looking at it through the lens that I want to see it. That's it's very dangerous to do that. So I'm listening now. I'm fully listening. I'm fully listening and trusting in spirit as well. I don't think the, the whole thing about me just like stopping business alignment, like that terrifying. I don't think I've ever done a full trust fall into spirit ever. I've been very, very close, but not like this. I'm also worried that like, I don't know enough about money. I'm, I don't know exactly the way that I'm going to work with people on this. I don't know exactly how I'm going to teach people about this, which is funny, because of my background. So we're already at almost 50 minutes. And I want to keep this at about an hour, because I don't want to go on and on. So we're, we're almost done here. So a little bit about my background. I went to college, I got a business degree with a focus of management and marketing, I actually went to school first to major in English very quickly found out that I'm not as good of a writer as I thought I was, I went to the campus counselor, and took the Myers Briggs. And then there was another test. I don't quite remember what it was called. But that one actually told you more occupationally what you should do. And Again, I don't know if this was confirmation bias, but I was like, at the time, I had a boyfriend who was an accounting major. And I had a feeling that maybe I liked business. But, you know, if you ask my parents, they would have never imagined that I had an interest in business at all. So maybe a little confirmation bias, I don't know. But basically, this test told me that the number one thing that I should do is be a financial advisor. And then the number two thing was be an accountant. I was like, accounting, cool, I get to go be with my boyfriend. So I did that for a while. I enjoyed accounting, but it was also boring. And I really started paying attention to my parents and their money habits. And I just had this moment of, I want to be a financial advisor. I want to help people with money. I want to teach people a better way to use it, to manage it. You know, whatever. I had like this knowing that I need to help people with money. And so I switched my major to finance. Terrible, freaking terrible. I am really bad at calculus. (laughs) So That was like the thing that really screwed me over when you when, at the school that I went to, when you are a business major of any sort, finance was like a concentration within business, you have to take calculus. I had never taken calculus before. I was awful, awful to the point where I didn't know if I'd be able to be a business major period. So needless to say, I was like, Oh, I'm not following the finance track. That's not gonna work. Maybe I won't be a financial advisor anyway. All right, that's fine. Let's just do management and marketing. So, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed my time. I liked the I liked my major. It was great. I enjoyed it. Whatever. Get into the business world and I actually find myself in the financial industry and I find myself able to become a financial advisor. I will go more in depth in this story later. But the point that I want to make today is that I was that was my primary career before starting my business was the financial world. By the way, you don't need calculus (laughs) to help people with money. I don't know if you are worried about that. But just so you know, my lack of calculus ability is not going to (laughs) hinder our work together. So anyway, I found myself being able to be a financial advisor but I did not survive. And survive is a key word there because it was a feast or famine work environment. I knew I wanted to help people with money. I wanted to help people so badly that when people didn't listen to me, I wanted to fist fight them. I'm not joking. I wanted to fist fight them. I was not articulate enough to have a proper dialogue with people on why they were being fucking stupid. And they didn't want to listen to me because I was sub 25. And they just thought I was trying to sell them bullshit. And at the same time, it was also terrifying because if they didn't, if they didn't buy, I didn't eat. Like it was very rough. It was very cutthroat. It was not the place for a projector. So like I said, I will actually do a whole other episode on this more in depth. But I learned so much from that experience. I learned so much about finance during that time. So what I already have equipped with and my knowledge is actually the pragmatic approach to money. I know a lot about personal finance, I know a lot about retirement planning, I know a lot about risk management. And I can't wait to share all of this information with you. Because it's, it's awesome. It's so funny. Once I've realized like, oh, I need to get back into money again. And I I started listening to money stuff. And I was like, why did I ever stop? (laughs) This is amazing. Like I feel so at home in this conversation. So anyway, Like I said, I'll go in depth at another time about my time in the financial industry, what worked, what didn't, why I left, blah, blah, blah. But I do want you to get from this particular episode that I have that knowledge. Like I have done a lot in that. Now, I was only there for two years. So obviously I have way more to learn from the pragmatic side of money. And I am so ready to learn more of those things but I know plenty enough to get started on on this topic. And I think what I'm worried about the most is not knowing enough about the energetics of money. And I think this is more of like my one line and my profile coming in to scare me. Because I actually know a lot about the energetics of money. And I've been I mean, my Saturn return so far has entirely been about teaching me about the energetics of money. So I guess what I'm saying is what we're about to embark on together is 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 me sharing what I love to talk about. But also learning more at the same time. So, so there's, you know, something within the coaching industry that I love. And that is you only need to be three steps ahead of the people you're helping. And I'm truly stepping into that kind of path. I was already there with business alignment for sure, but it's even more so now. I feel comfortable with what I know, but I also realize that there's a lot that I don't know. And I'm excited to take you on that journey, to share what I know, and to also be like, hey, look what I just learned check this out. Maybe you can use it. So I'm really excited about that. Let's see. Oh, there is one more thing. Okay. So the state of affairs, like, should you stay here in my circle? Or should you go? Here's, here's the thing. I am leaving my business alignment work open for four more weeks. So you have until June 11th, to start the conversation with me on if you should work with me in terms of business. So that means you can purchase the business alignment basics course between now and actually that I'm actually going to close down June 1st. Yeah, I'm going to close that course down on June 1st. So you have until then to purchase it. If you're interested in the Business Alignment Basics course, it's only $33.33. 33. You can get it up until June 1st. And then at June 1st, I will actually move all the content off of Podia and I'll just put it in a shared Google folder for you to access for the rest of time. So that's the plan on that. So the align business intensive. So that is a, an offering where we will meet for 90 minutes. We will get right to the heart of what you're dealing with and figure out what is alignment for you and your business. And then you'll have one week of Voxer support after that. And then you will also get a personalized PDF report about what alignment actually looks like so that you can refer back. So you'll have that to refer back to, you'll have the 90 minute session recorded, so you can refer back to that. And then in Voxer, you have the ability to download the voice messages that we, that we'll exchange. So that's an option too. So I I really do love the intensive and I'm actually kind of sad that I won't be offering it after June 11th, but I'm also super excited about what's gonna come next. If you, if you want more information on the intensive, reach out to me. I can also share with you, you know, testimonials and things like, people have been getting so much value out of this. And this is one of the reasons why I'm like, ah, do I stop? But I'm listening to the book, The Big Leap. And what I'm learning Is that business alignment is my zone of excellence, but not my zone of genius. I can talk about that later. I do really want to wrap up this episode because I don't want to keep you here so long. But if you're interested in the intensive, reach out to me and I can share with you if, you know, if it's the right fit or not. I'll also still be offering business alignment guidance until June 11th, which is an eight week program. So there, we're actually getting really deep into your business, I'm really helping you implement a lot of things where the intensive, it's like, let's we're getting in, we're getting out, we're doing a lot together within a week, you get a lot at one time, which is really good for people if that's all their budget allows. Or if they know that they don't have the time to commit to something longer term, and they just need at least something they need one thing to get fixed right now. If you have more time, if you have more resources, and if there's more that you know that you need help with, then the eight week guidance is going to be great for you. I love that offering. It is so much fun to really go deep with clients for eight weeks. Again, you get Voxer support, like seriously, the people that get the most out of working with me are the ones that use Voxer. I've worked with people that don't even touch the app. I'm like, why? We're only meeting bi weekly, it it makes me feel like they're not getting enough. But I know that's my own. That's my own stuff. So you know, this is to say that you have four weeks to to get in on this, if this is something that you know, is right for you, reach out to me, we can have a discovery call, we can figure out if if this is right for you or not, if it is, great, we'll move forward. If it's not, then that's okay. That's totally fine. I the point of this is not to pressure you. I do not want to pressure you in any way. If the timing is right, then the timing is right. If the timing is wrong, then I'm not the one for you. Okay. And then from now until June, I'm going to be figuring out how to bring my money work into form. And that's exciting. All right. I think that's it. I don't think I have anything else. Hopefully this was informative. You got a lot of good info. Hopefully it wasn't too rambly, but I mean, this might have been the first episode that I've ever really show my true personality. That's a whole other thing, too. Like, that's a whole other conversation that I actually want to talk about. But, you know, I've cap rising, man, we, we try to control a lot, specifically, like, with how we're perceived. And I'm tired of that. Like, my, my Leo energy is like, I need to burst out. <laughs> I need to be seen. I need to show off. I need to perform. So anyway, all right. I'll see you. Well, I won't see you because this is audio. I'll talk to you later. Have a fantastic week, weekend, month, year, whenever you're listening to this. And yeah, hit me up.